Good afternoon. This is Matt with Dr. Rob Cook. This is Mindful Conversations with Matt and Rob, and we're so happy that you tuned in. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, Rob, this is a day that I have found myself to be quite caught up in my digital devices. <laughs> we had a little snafu. My my brain is um, digitally, um, it's been tormented today. It, totally. Um, phone, computer, iPad, now the soundboard of our um, our very popular podcast. <laughs> and I have found that I just had one of those brain freezes regarding, so this is like take two of episode 28. Um, if you're tuning in, we are in the middle of, or the end, end of, of, I should say, yes, um, a three-part series on um, the digital dilemma. Yes. And um, we've had um, Sandy Wiederhold, Dr. Sandy, Sandy Wiederhold, and she's been with us for part one and part two. If you haven't listened to that, please go back and listen to those two episodes. She brings a wealth of knowledge as a pediatrician, but also as just a human being on this planet and trying to understand what is the effect, the value, the purpose of digital consumption in our world today. And that's what we're doing. We're, having a, we're doing. we're having a mindful conversation about that. And it's been a while. It has been a while. We apologize. I, I said in the first take, you know, distance grows the heart fonder. So <laughs> if you've been missing us, we've missed you. So big virtual digital hug. Yes. We love you. <laughs> All 32 of you. <laughs> Um, you know, a couple updates here. It has been about a month and I know all of you are just anxious to know about my dog, Odin. Um, he's a, he's a, a frequent, um, referenced part of my family. I probably talk about him more than my two daughters. Um, but he is now, he's a diva. He, he is a diva. He has entered a into star. a star. He's <laughs> entered into the world of dog showing. He's a golden retriever. He's about almost two years in June. And he's been to Novi, Michigan, and now he's been all the way down in Kentucky. He's getting ready to go to Ohio. I hope I can get his signature someday. <laughs> but he is quite the diva. He's having a blast with our breeders, and he's just he's 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 having a, a fun time. But today he was just pissed off at me. Oh, really? Well, what did you do? Because every day, typically, I take him down to KCC and go for a walk. Right. And it's early, 7, 7.30 in the morning, and I can let him off the leash, and he goes, there's deer, there's rabbit, there's, this is beautiful. And today, I had to leave early for an appointment. Oh. And, but he was jacked up and, like, ready to go like normal. Right. But I had to close the gate. <laughs> and he was on the other side. He couldn't go out, so... Um, that was a dilemma for him. Yes, it would be. And um, so there's a little update. We've been to Florida. We we had spring break in Florida. Just didn't have great weather. But you had a good time with the family. Of course. Yeah. I mean, we've we've escaped Michigan weather, and we were in better weather. But we did have a house. We had our kids. We had good food. We cooked. Um, we rested. And it was good. Rest is always good. This is the perennial time, you know, regarding spring break. Families this week are on spring break yeah. or you've been on spring break. Just wonder what you guys have been doing and um, trying to find that that moment of reprieve before we get to the beginning of a real day. We need a real day of heat I, yeah. in Michigan. That would be nice. Every day I go outside and I'm cold. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I like it a little cooler, but a warm day would be nice. Yeah, there's just something about that. I love to see springtime and new beginnings and new things popping out of the earth. And just it's just like, yes. It would be nice to ride my bike without a coat. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I did do that in Florida. I did ride my bike without a coat. Yeah, see, that would be nice. Well, Dr. Rob, we are going to finish our series on the digital dilemma. Um, we've talked about in sessions one and two, parts one and two, the idea of what is going on with with media, digital technology, devices. How has this, you know, shaped us individually, our culture over the past 10, 15, 20 plus years um, with the advent of all kinds of technologies. We've talked with Sandy yeah. about the reality of the advent of social media and the, the, the reality of depression, anxiety, suicidality, things like that that track with the, uh, the progression of digital um, consumption. And we also tried to point out a few of the more positive aspects of social media. Absolutely. But, you know, to the previous conversations, basically, according to the Pew Research Center, mm -hmm. they say that 69% of adults and 81% of teens in the U.S. use social media. And Sandy was making the point that, uh, and you as well, worldwide, that's, that's a lot of people. Yeah. That this social media, that these social media platforms are influencing. Yeah, yeah. There's no question. Um, it's here. It's permeated the very fabric of our our being. Um, it's very much part of our everyday life to a greater degree than I think we realize. And um, you know, when I when I continue to watch the uh, the Ukraine conflict unfold. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am oftentimes peeking at Facebook. I'm not on Facebook, but I'll, I'll get on yeah. there um, to, to look at particular, you know, people. I really govern my usage. Like I've said, I'm not mature enough to be on Instagram or Facebook. It's not that they're not good. It's just I'm not mature enough to be on there. But I will see uh, literal video footage, commentary of boots on the ground in the Ukraine. So I think that's been a real positive on one hand, that's mm -hmm. my opinion, mm -hmm. um, to bring a voice to what's happened in the Ukraine. So yeah. it's not being done in secret. And so average individuals are using TikTok, right. Facebook, Instagram, all kinds of different media platforms to bring a voice and a presence to the field of battle to find out what's happening with human life. Which, you know, we've talked about, um, with such a large group of people using social media around the world, that that brings with it an increased risk of anxiousness, depression, um, and other mental health issues. Well, part of what you're referencing is potential vicarious trauma because mm -hmm. you're seeing it in real time. Yeah, You're experiencing it, and you're connecting with the stories of the people um, that are being hurt, the Ukrainian people that are being hurt, and even the Russians, soldiers that are being killed. It's it's these are people who had 
lives prior to this war and loved ones and all these other things. So it is a phenomenal, interesting um, time that we live. Absolutely. When we talk about this next step of, you know, now being responsible for my well-being uh, regarding digital usage, um, there's a there's a statement I'm looking at from an online resource, um, and it's very prevalent. You can just Google digital well-being and find right. a plethora of, of information. But um, the idea is that because digital technologies permeate so much of our lives, it becomes so much more important that we consider what the impact is on our well-being. Right. And to your point, as I do peruse the news, because I don't watch the news on television, but I, I become informed little by little on my phone. Yeah. But I can only take so much because in my own self-care plan, preserving my own well-being, there's only so much I can consume right. and, and remain well on the inside. And I have found that balance that if I get too immersed in exploring so much it takes away from me oh totally it's it's a drain it, it, you know we talked about it. it's like a battery drain and i don't think our brains are designed to have a steady diet without ever being shut down or resting yeah to your point you know it's like if you don't if you don't turn this off and social media and all that it represents, good and bad, is just kind of flooding you on a daily basis. Yes. That's that's not going to be without serious negative consequence. Bingo. And I have had to become really aware because my autoimmune system is compromised. Mm-hmm. I deal with an autoimmune condition. And therefore, my autonomic nervous system is is also sensitive. And so I've had to be a good steward of how that system is, is stimulated. I mean, right. it's, it's therefore good, but if, if, if it's overindulged in something, it will overreact. And I have to be a good steward because that system is in play for a reason. Oh, totally. It's there for good, not for bad, but because the world continues to be so threatening that little system, that that sympathetic nervous system that we've referenced many times on this program, is is just hypersensitive, and we just live in an overstimulated world. Yeah, the sympathetic nervous system, uh, the parasympathetic are responsible for, you know, we talked about it. The brain's two pr- primary responsibilities: to protect and to connect. Yeah, and I love that. I mean, you've mentioned that in a, in a number of different settings on this program, but also in other trainings. And to connect and protect. and But the brain is, it's instinctful. Yeah, it is. The, the order, protect and connect, you see that. And to your point, it's, it, it's, a, it's, it's a dangerous planet. It's a dangerous planet. We don't live forever. There's, yeah. you know, it's beautiful too. So it's not all one way or the other. But like what we're currently seeing and witnessing, Sandy referenced the suicide rates in social media. Um, you mentioned the war in Ukraine and Russia. Right now, it's 
it's kind of contained, but if you count sanctions, it's worldwide. People are watching. Well, and we've only named a couple of apps regarding social media, you know, um, consumption. Um, there's a there's a bill a billion of them that I have no idea <laughs> what they are. TikTok obviously is very popular. Yeah. But what I'm hearing from um, people that I know is oftentimes like TikTok can become very real and raw. Yes. It, a lot yes. of a lot of these applications get very raw. Yes. And I just don't know if the human condition has the ability to handle that much reality and how to process it without doing harm. And that's why we're coming back to this idea of what's your digital literacy. Right. You know, so let's identify these these capabilities that are essential for your digital well being. So Looking after your personal health, we've referenced that, your safety, relationships, your work-life balance in digital settings. You need to be concerned about that. I think so, too. And if you're a parent, um, you probably have a two- and a three-year-old. Sandy and I were talking earlier. Uh, You probably have a two- or a three-year-old that has pretty substantial digital competencies. Yeah. And for parents to keep up with their kids and the competency of digital devices, that's a challenge. It's, I mean, if we're speaking to parents who are listening right now, let's pause here for a moment because I'm a parent of a 25, 22 year old, so I'm not monitoring their digital usage. No, I don't monitor my adult children either. But if I'm a parent of a, of a two, five, seven year old. Yeah you know, 10 or an adolescent, right? I mean, there's, it's gotta be crazy. Oh yeah. And I think, I think that one of the practical ways that a parent can engage this is to solicit help. Like I'm a grandpa. I talk to my daughter about social media on a regular basis as it relates to my two grandkids. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like, it really does take, I think a minimum of nine adults to raise a child. We need to have people on that team that's helping us raise our kids that have a more sophisticated understanding of social media than I may and trust them when they talk to me about their concerns or ways to address these concerns. Mm. Absolutely. Um, Number two, use uh, digital tools in pursuit of personal goals. So using digital apps, for example, to help you succeed in your defined goal. Um, so you're using the media, it's not using you. And then participate, um, you know, when you are participating in social and community activities. So for example, I have an, I have an Apple Watch. I use it very extensively regarding my exercise regimen. I document all my exercise and, mm-hmm. and stuff. I'm one of those guys that likes to close their rings because I'm motivated to exercise based on accomplishing a goal. That's just what's motivating me to get out and do something. So I use the app for my benefit. Yeah, and that's an appropriate use. Absolutely. What are some inappropriate uses of digital consumption apps? Oh, I think uh, we've talked about it, you know, cyberbullying, to go after stalking. Uh, We've seen that. Um, I think on a deeper level, if you could say that another inappropriate use would be 
extracting value from social media, like my self-esteem or self-worth, Yeah, you know, based on the amount of likes that I have. Um, I think retaliation would be another inappropriate use of social media. Somebody does something and I retaliate. Yeah, number three is exactly that, acting safely and responsibly in digital environments. Yeah. Right? You know, the reality is we unfortunately see some individuals, you know, they're they're sharing their life or their story or their grievance or their conflict on social media when it really should be addressed in private. Exactly. And there's two sides to every story. So social media in many ways is one dimensional, right? I get to put out there what I want you to hear, what I want you to see, how I pretend to feel or how I pretend to think, or maybe it's authentic. But discerning that via TikTok or Facebook or what have you, um, that it's a little bit like living in Chernobyl, and trying to tell ourselves that the radiation poisoning isn't an issue. Right. You know, so you have this steady dose of it, and you're not going to necessarily experience or feel the effects of the radiation instantly, although you could, depending upon the dosage. But down the road, if you're dealing with cancer, that's a little too late to... It's too late. Yeah. And I think social media is like that. You have to get... You have to own it before it owns you. Absolutely. I mean, the idea of don't let anything be a master over you, yeah. but, but rather you be the master over it, right? So um, in a conversation with a friend today, um, they were sharing that they were on a dating site. You know, they're they're seeking uh, companionship, a healthy, you know, opportunity to, to meet somebody. And today the reality is dating sites are very popular and they're, yeah. they're heavily used. I can't say that I'm an expert on it. I've been married 28 years. I'm not currently dating. Don't desire to date. <laughs> yeah. So I don't personally have experience in it. But, you know, in our conversation, the reality is so much of our world is now conformed by virtual relationship. And so there's this virtual connection via a dating site and the reality is, what's it going to be like when you meet in person for the date? When in COVID, we've been isolated, et cetera, et cetera. How our relationship, the, the formation of a new relationship for adults, for example. Wow. It's going to be really difficult to find the right person to I, feel safe and connected to. I think, I think to your point it's a little bit like a second or third language. If you don't use it on a regular basis, you kind of lose it. And what we appear to be losing is our ability to connect person to person. Yeah. Yeah. In an authentic way that doesn't involve some type of technology or phones or what have you. And to your point, I do think it's going to be much more difficult because we're not, we don't, we don't self-assess well. So we're not always going to be aware of how much ground we're losing in any domain. Yes. Right. And so if, 
if my only contact with the outside world is through social media and now I'm thrown into a situation where I have like you and I are looking each other and eyeball to eyeball that could potentially be a problem and I may not discover the loss of a skill set until I'm sitting across from you yeah yeah so the slow processing out of certain relational skill sets yeah that just again the movie Wally I mean yep just look it up it's a it's a great movie where Earth just gets annihilated and everyone leaves. They get onto a spacecraft. Yep. And basically Wally, this little robot, just spends his life cleaning up his little world. Yeah. Program to if there's ever any evidence of life, like it would trigger something in him. Yeah. Right. Well, lo and behold, late in the movie, a little blade of grass, I think, pops up <laughs> yeah. and it triggers that program. And it it puts into a cascade the reality that the mothership where all these people, all the inhabitants of the earth have been floating in space, but they've been floating on lawn chairs. Yeah. Like the mothership, the, the, the programmer, the computer itself has literally taken over the brains of, you know, the entire human population. And so they're all fat and lazy. Yeah, they're they've been eating and drinking and doing nothing. Yeah, for their entire life, and yet now they're assigned to go back to Earth, and to reoccupy. But they have no strength. They they can't do it. They they have no muscle mass. Yeah, and the computer system knows that, and it doesn't want to lose its grip. Right. So watch the movie Wally. Great Friday night flick. Um, how about you know? Again, I mentioned earlier negotiating and resolving conflict. Mm hmm. Social media, not a great place to do that. No. I was no. I was speaking with another individual, and this organization uses, um, oh, darn, the name of the, the app is uh, um, the little video-based app. Jeez. Oh, Here I'm stuck. Vimeo or? Oh, Vimeo. That's that's a new app. Okay. Um, um, anyways. I'll, I'll think of the name in a moment, but it's a, you take a video of yourself talking and, oh, Marco Polo, thank you. Oh, okay. And you take it, and but this leader is using um, the Marco Polo um, as the means for direct communication. So there's not often a direct person-to-person -person connection. Mm -hmm. And so the, the interesting thing is how can that take the place of human interaction. We're, we're just using a lot of ways, but that's the wrong place to negotiate conflict. Yeah. Yeah. How, well, we're not doing that well in conflict resolution anyway. It's already a really difficult. Right. Right. And that to me is, as we often talk about a function of maturity, the more mature you are, you can resolve those conflicts in a way that, does the least amount of harm. Yeah. But with social media, one side, you, you're you not looking directly in the person's eyes. So there really is no stopgap. It's whatever comes to mind. You, you don't necessarily censor it. And so it's raw. Yeah. And I don't, I, I'm not a big fan of complete polished or, think that political correctness is always the best approach, but I do think appropriate authenticity person to person is 
what the brain ordered. Yeah, and again, being a mindful conversation, that's what we're doing. We're not directing. We're not telling people what to do. We're right. just we're having a mindful conversation. We're making consideration for these thoughts. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we're engaging our listeners to do is to engage their thought. Think about what points we're talking about. Yeah, notice them. Notice them. Walk away. Spend time with your thoughts, your perspective. Practice mindfulness on what you're noticing. And and just consider the digital life force that's in your life. Yeah. I like this one. Act with concern for the human and the natural environment when using these tools. I like that. Act with concern for the human being that you're engaging with. Yeah. Empathy. Empathy, sympathy. Um, Compassion. Un- understanding that this person deserves regard. They are worth the kind of interaction that stimulates the human, you know, entity of integrity mm-hmm. and goodness. Um, and when that can't be done uh, via a digital communication, you can easily make a phone call. Yeah. Um, you can, you know, set up a lunch date. Yeah. Which, in again, because we're so di- distracted and consumed by our digital relationships, um, I find that I'm having breakfast with somebody uh, next Wednesday, and I had to kind of stretch myself a little bit to find the space for that physical meeting. But I'm really excited about the personal interaction versus just an exchange via text. I think your point is check in with family and friends offline, right? It's it's something that I need to carve out time to do yes. and not just allow social media to do the heavy lifting for me because it's convenient. Yep. Absolutely. Let's elaborate on that a little bit. The idea of pausing and, and, and physically checking in with important people in my intimate network of family and friends. I think it communicates value. Mm-hmm. Sacrifices are the ultimate value communicators. And caring requires many times an inconvenience component to it. Uh, yeah. And so when I check in, I'm communicating. In person, when I check in offline in person, I'm communicating value. I'm making the time to touch base with you person to person. Yeah. That's that, that, that requires more logistics and planning than just opening up my phone and throwing out a quick text saying, Matt, how you doing today? I am remember. I mean, this is literally making me go back to 19, 89 um, makes me want to think of the songwriter Prince. I Did you go there too? No, I went to, we really don't want to bring 80 songs back. 80 songs. I love the 80s. Uh-huh. Um, but I remembered my wife, Deanne, she was going to, the, to Kansas State University. I was in Kansas City. I had met her that summer. Um, we were starting to date. And we had a landline phone. And I had my hand writing. I would I would write cards to her. What are cards? Yeah, it's the, <laughs> it's the paper stuff. Okay. But I would pencil out 
little love sonnets, uh-huh. you know, and I would send them in the mail, snail mail. What's mail? <laughs> and, you know, it would go to Manhattan, Kansas, otherwise known as the Little Apple. And, uh, you know, two and a half hours away. But she has kept all of those physical yeah. notes that were part of our courtship. And they they exist. Yeah. During one one Valentine, you know, year we we exchanged gifts, but I made her like a physical card. Well, obviously I was very attracted to her. I would do anything to get her, right? Yeah. And, Anyone. Uh, and and thankfully she submitted to the invitation. Um, I don't know if if I, I hope it was a win for her, but I I remember the intent it took, the energy for that one person. Right. And and right now I feel like I have so many people to attend to. And Rob, I'm just, and to you who are listening, I'm confessing, I can't do it. I don't have the ability to tend to the 700 friends I have on Facebook. No, and therein lies another downside, right? Because you feel the pressure, particularly individuals who are, we'll say, relationally responsible. You, you're a caregiver. You want to reach out. You want to serve people well. And what social media, I think, falsely does is it creates an illusion that I can somehow care for all these people or engage them or respond to them, um, you know, in, in real time. Well, you never shut off. Right. And so that blurring of boundaries and that sense of response, and I feel it too. It's like, okay, a text comes in. I'm like, I've got to take care of this right now so I don't forget. Right. And that's okay during working business hours to respond in a fairly um, quick manner Mm -hmm. or an expedient manner. But to do it 24-7, that's not healthy. Exactly. And that's how that gravitational pull of these social platforms kind of pull us in and they're not that easy to escape. Great. I I don't, I mean, I would love to spend a month away from my phone, but that would disconnect me from my kids. Right. Who live out of state. And it would disconnect me from obviously the communication, which I use for my business. Right. Um, And then, most importantly, I, I look at the weather every day looking for some sunshine, <laughs> you know, but the reality is I, I'm making the statement to myself that, and I've got to give permission to myself to put boundaries up to say, I can't compete at the level that might be in my imagination expected of me. And again, I'm going to say it's my imagination of what I think is expected of me. I'm not saying somebody's doing that, but I'm realizing I've reached my limit and I have to maintain that boundary even when I think the culture around me is is upset with me. Well, to your or I've, or I've let somebody down or I haven't fulfilled what is required to fit in. So to that very point, think about older adults. It used to be that if it was eight or nine o'clock you didn't call anybody before eight in the morning or nine in the morning and likewise you didn't call anybody after nine o'clock at night there was a there was a cultural expectation and a respect for privacy 
mm-hmm. that cultural expectation and respect for privacy, social media has obliviated. So to your to your point, it's like you're always potentially on and you feel the pressure. And so one of the things that I'm increasingly doing to kind of push against that is saying, here are the parameters when I will be available. So when I teach classes, I say, you can, you can text me, you can call. I will try to return my call within 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. So I'm setting expectations. Don't call me beyond this time unless it's an emergency. Right. So that you, you're controlling the personal, ex- or you're setting the expectations that work for you personally. Well, not that long ago, that was all, there was a collaborated effort from the whole culture. You right. didn't call after 9 a.m. or p.m. Right. or before 9 a.m. or after 9 p.m. So I do think that part of the survival of this day and age is to help adjust people's expectation. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, don't be texting me at midnight or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's bring this to a close. We have reached a 30-minute mark. And um, there is a documentary on Netflix, The Social Media Dilemma. I think it's a great, if you haven't referenced that or watched that, that is something that, that could be a good resource. Um, if you're a parent and you're looking for a resource, we did reference in part one the book Glow Kids. That's called Glow, G-L-O-W, Kids, by Nicholas Cardias. He's a PhD, wrote this book, and I think it would be enlightening for you. Finding resources to support you in this process, I think, is a good thing. There's another resource. We don't, we're, we're, we're not promoting anything. We don't make money off of this. But as Sandy and I were talking, she mentioned the resource Bark, B-A-R-K, which is a monitoring app that you can get that works really well with teenagers and young children. Mm-hmm. And so um, you can find that at bark.us, I think. And that would be another resource to check out in terms of monitoring uh, social uh, um, cyberbullying and suicidal threats of your yeah. that your kids will be exposed to on social media. I mean, just I, I'm just thinking of the... Uh, there's, there's a never-ending stream of thoughts regarding this topic, so we haven't exhausted this conversation no. by any stretch of the imagination. But just remember that we need to understand that um, the design and principles that underpin the digital technologies that we use, the data that we share, need to be well understood. Yeah. And, you know, this will then enable us to make the kind of informed and critical decisions about the use of different technologies that will promote both our own well-being and that of others. That's my last thought. Dr. Rob, any thoughts to finish up this episode? No, I would, I, I would um, echo what, you're, what you articulated, that I think you have to take personal responsibility for the relationship between your mental and relational health and social media. Yes. And... You really can't farm that out to someone else. Mm -hmm. And if you're a parent, you have to find a way to stay involved with your kids because it's just that serious. It is a time that we should be vigilant. Yep. And we should be well aware 
of the influences in our lives and those that we love. I agree. Very well. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode, episode 28 of Mindful Conversations with Matt and Rob. We hope that you have a wonderful day, wherever that may lead you. Blessings. Blessings.